This is Julie D, and you are listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. Now, today I have Chris Walerski from CND Plumbing, and once again, we are asking him questions. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm all right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it is a little depressing. Let's see. Um, just to give our listeners a frame of reference, it is April 17th, and it's snowing, snowing outside a lot, and mm-hmm. it's sticking. Yeah. And we're very um, disappointed in the weather right currently. Yeah, not a good spring so far. <laughs> spring has not sprung. Uh, no, it hasn't. I And actually, earlier today, it was snowing so much, I was really having some anxiety because I haven't done any of my Christmas shopping yet. That's right. I was thinking it's, uh, it's like Thanksgiving outside. Right. Where's the turkey? Right. So we have some questions for you from our loyal writers and listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a whole list from all our listeners. We do. Um, so let's get right to it. Yeah, what are we going to start with today? We are going to start with a topic of smaller toilets. Some people um, <clears throat> like to put in install smaller toilets so they use less water, mm. but there seems to be a flushing issue, and it cu- it takes more flushing to get the waste down. Right. This has been a problem ever since this got mandated. Uh, the lower gallons per flush toilets do just what you said. They don't they don't evacuate the bowl like they should. Mm-hmm. So uh, consequently, everyone ends up flushing at least one or two extra times than you normally would. Had you had more gallons per flush to begin with. So you don't save any water. No, you really don't save any water. Some of the toilets now are down to one point. I think it's 1.28 gallons per flush, which is really uh, hardly anything. And, and there's no getting around it because you can't buy a toilet that flushes different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some uh, pressure-assisted toilets, they're called, and they, they flush a little stronger, but uh, that's about it. As far as the gallons per flush... Everyone's in the same boat, and uh, it's a problem for everybody because the less water that you use to flush flush the toilet, what happens in the piping is the water outruns the waste. So as the water's sailing down the pipe, the waste starts to slow down, and basically the water runs faster than it can than the waste, and it just ends up getting stuck in the pipe. And then usually, too, you two or three times to flush it to, to help that problem. So there really isn't much water savings in any way. But again, like I said, there's no getting around that. Have we talked about toilet paper before? Toilet paper? No, we haven't. Maybe that is a discussion since we're talking about toilets. Um, You know, there's some people that want to get the thicker toilet paper. Is there toilet paper that's probably not good, that it clogs things more, especially if you have septic? There is one, and I, I don't remember which one it was exactly. I think it might have been the Charmin, like, ultra plush or ultra thick. That one is pretty heavy, pretty soft. And uh, with today's toilets, it's a little harder for it to go down. Yeah, so that might be something to avoid. I know that. And is there a problem necessarily, or it doesn't matter, I guess, um, with septic? Because it's more of a flushing going down. Right. I don't... I don't know about the septic aspect, but uh, definitely the flushing going down because it's thicker. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and obviously, if you get, like, real cheap toilet paper, it takes more, you know, right. to do the job. Yeah, that's the kind you usually find, like, in the public restroom, the kind you oh. can pretty much see through or it's a single ply. 
Yeah, yes. Everybody, everybody hates that stuff. Well, I know what's worse. <clears throat> Growing up, my dad used to get the ones that was a square that was folded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. And I think maybe that might have been just, you know, I really don't know where he got that, but that was not popular. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. No. And I think that kind of goes with, can you spare a square kind of? Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's where that expression came from. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> yes. Get rid of that one, right. Exactly. Um, faucets. What mm-hmm. do you, um, you know, when you're looking at a faucet, should you get a one-handle versus a two-handle? What's the difference? Well, as far as like a kitchen sink faucet or a lap faucet, it doesn't matter. It's more personal preference, single-handle uh, versus a two-handle. It's just more what you're comfortable with. But uh, if you were going to put a shower faucet in or a tub and shower faucet, you would if you were going to upgrade, say from say if you have three handles in there now, hot and a cold, and the one in the center would be your diverter, which either sends the water up to the shower head or down to the tub spout. You should change that to a single handle, which is a pressure balance, which is a safety feature. Um, I don't like to say anti scald oh. because nothing is anti scald. It it work it 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 works on pressure balance. So as one pressure drops. Um, the other one would increase, but it, it's uh, it's a safety feature to help uh, avoid scalding. Well, I think, uh, so you're like one handle would just point toward like the hotter or the colder. Right, or somewhere in the middle. Right, right. right. It's more adjusted that way. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that would be the only concern where I would say, yeah, you definitely want to get a single handle faucet that's uh, in pressure balance would be the key on that. Wow, so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who would know? Um, I think we've touched uh, touched on this before a little bit, but um, people still ask about hot water tanks. Should they mm-hmm. get a gas, electric, or a tankless? Yeah, the gas and electric, gas versus electric, that basically is just um, for the most part what you have already. Um, yeah, we did talk about this because um, if you, for example, if you have an electric water heater, sometimes. The power company gives you a rebate if you have all electric appliances, if you have electric heat and if you have an electric range, stuff right. like that. And, and then basically your house is set up for electric and you say don't have a gas line for that. So you would probably just want to stick with electric. I mean, electric's, electric is not the best way to heat, I mean most efficient way to heat water, but if that's what you have, I wouldn't go out of my way to change it. Um, right. And, and the same thing with gas. I mean, you gas water heaters are... Are, there's nothing wrong with them. If you have that, I wouldn't go out of my way to change it to electric, that's for sure. And tankless, that's... Um, it's that's, a tankless job. It's a tankless job, it is. It's a That's a pretty... Ex- if you have either an electric water heater or a gas water heater, that's a... Uh, there's nothing wrong with a tankless heater. There, it's just a, it's a pretty expensive upgrade. You have to uh, do a lot of accommodating for that specifically. Gas line needs to be increased and then... You know, cold air intake and uh, exhaust has to go out a different way. Can't go out the chimney, stuff like that. So, it's what just if you're building that, a new house? If you're building a new house, it's perfect. It's perfect atmosphere to put a tankless in if you want to, because then you you can do what you want during construction because you're you're you know that's the time to do it. So you would recommend if you're building a new house, it might as well go the tankless route. Yeah, there's nothing right. That's that's perfectly fine. Okay, so obviously people want to save water. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, you know, should you get a water saver faucet or they have water saver shower heads? Yeah, the shower heads uh, are pretty much all standard since uh, I think it's been 1992. They changed the mandate, the government mandated that it has to be 2.5 gallons per minute and no more. So uh, as far as shower heads go, that's, that's where you're at. 
pretty much anything you buy or or less so well i know some people like the shower heads that makes it feel like it's going to rip their skin off right <laughs> yeah adjusting the pressure on that is uh, i'm not a fan of that yeah but yeah that's uh they're all pretty much 2.5 and some of the aerators like for a faucet if uh, you wanted to put the aerator you know the part on the end of the faucet that makes the stream come out nice it um those are those can be down to i think they're 0.5 or half gallon per minute what about the shower heads that are like rain you know yeah the rain heads i i don't i think they give you more uh gallons per minute but that's that there's there's a whole uh there's a few things that go along with that too you know you you have to have the hot water to support that too if you have oh, for right. example right so you and, have to take a quick shower if right, you're going to take a right. hot shower with that. And sometimes that's where the uh, tankless water heater kind of comes in that would, you know, benefit you. But uh, at the same time, the tankless water heater, there, there's only going to be so many gallons per minute and output of hot water no matter what. But you can, uh, they're different, there's different um, gallons per gallons per minute output for uh, tankless water heaters too. Good to know. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is the big question of the night. The big one. <laughs> How do I know if I need a sump pump? I hear a lot of people talking yep. about sump pumps because they're getting flooding now because right. of all this extra rain. Because and... it's been raining for four days straight when it's not snowing. Yes, <laughs> yes, we had a near tornado um, circumstances the other day and heavy rain and high winds and right and it rained for I think it rained for like a day straight without right. stopping and yeah. it, I guess it didn't get the message that we had enough yeah no hey right and my phone was ringing too quite a bit with the same kind of thing hey my sump pump doesn't work normally just by looking at it there's really no way you can tell you know if your sump pump is is operational or not the best way to if you go down to like say in your basement or wherever it is and you take the lid off Take a bucket of water, pour the water in there. You know what you want to do, of course, is make the float come uh, come up to where it will come on, and turn the pump on. You could also do that just by lifting it up. You don't necessarily have to pour water in there to make it happen. You could go down there if you have uh, either like a tethered float that looks sort of like a small balloon on a black cord. If you would just, it should be floating in the water that's in there. You can just pick that up a little bit. You should hear it click, and the pump will kick on. Well, what if I don't have a sump pump and I, how do I know I need one? Uh, well, if you don't have one, I, I don't, you usually don't, I mean, put one in after usually there's one already there because of, you know, to handle either foundation water and that's the way it was built from new construction or it might've been added at one time because say, for example, uh, a waterproofing system that's done inside the house was installed, um, but normally you just don't put one in. But I guess I suppose if you do have foundation water coming in. Yeah, I, I um, heard somebody um, talking about it just recently. They have, um, every time it rains heavy, mm. they get water seeping in from their, you know, from their foundation. And they were saying that they think they needed a sump pump. Well, I think the problem that they have is it's a waterproofing issue. And I think that would need to be corrected mm. first. Not necessarily. I mean, don't get me wrong. You probably could do yourself a little bit of good in that respect. If you wanted to break up the floor, dig down, put the crock in and put the pump in there. And, um, you know, just say again, pump it outside to a downspout or wherever in the yard. But, um, uh, it sounds like that would be a waterproofing issue that you'd want to take care of first. Hmm. I never even thought of that. What a great idea. So yeah. if you, um, but if you did, let's say you're putting in like new construction or something mm -hmm. and, and you decide that 
for whatever situation you need a sump pump. What type? I, from what I understand, there's different types. Yeah, there's a couple of different types. Um, and mainly, it's like a dewatering pump, and it's a third horsepower. A variety of companies make them, and um, that's pretty standard in construction, and that's what, what you would use. There are, um, because of you know power outages, there's battery backup sump pumps, uh, and there's also water-powered um, sump pumps uh, that are backup. For example, it's battery. You have a battery backup. Well, that's going to run a certain amount of hours if the battery is properly charged. And then after that, if you still don't have power, then you no longer have a sump pump that's working. So the water is an option that's always going to be there because it works on water pressure. And they've come uh, a long way in the in the like making the water some backup sump pumps better they're more efficient now they i think they pump out two gallons for every one gallon of city water that they use to operate the pump which is a lot better than it used to be because it used to be the other way around it used to be like a, a two two to one you would use two gallons to pump out one but now it's the other way around it's pretty much uh, one gallon to pump one gallon of city water to pump out two gallons of sump water and how do you keep your sump pump if you have one safe or I, you know, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not saying that the sump pump it's is unsafe. You have an unsafe yeah. sump pump. <laughs> no, I'm in regard to like pets and children, keeping them out of that area. There's a, have, is that a concern? Uh, not necessarily or not that I've heard of, but, uh, there is a lid that goes on to keep it covered because it is, I think, uh, like 30 inches deep. Uh, there's a couple different depths on, but yeah, it can be like 30 inches deep and 18 inches around. There's a cover that just fits on there, which usually, uh. Is is pretty sufficient. Okay. Well, I just I think I remember growing up. I don't think we had a lid on ours. It was just a hole yeah. in the corner. Maybe that was the old school. No, that a lot of people. Uh, I don't know what happens to the lid, but yeah, a lot of people are in the same situation. I go down their basement, and you know, you can just see the hole in the floor in the right. corner. Right. So I guess if you don't have a lid, then I guess you should be concerned. Otherwise, not. Yeah. Right. You'd always want to keep that covered as much as you can. Certainly don't want to accidentally have somebody or something falling, you know, your pet go in there or something like that. Yeah, that would be, that would not be good. And mm -mm. so uh, basically that, that hole is is actually holding a crack. So I never really understood. I just thought it was like a hole. I, I guess I thought it was kind of like a well or something, you know? Yeah, it's just a plastic, basically a small, maybe if you want to say like garbage can. Again, it's about 18 inches in diameter and about 30 inches deep. It's thin plastic. It goes in, it goes on the ground, and if it's picking up foundation water, it usually has two usually two inlets. You know, one from each side, meeting in the corner. Right, it's always and, in the corner. Right, and uh, it picks up water from both well, the two sides all the way around the house. Okay, I guess I always had this fear of like something coming up from um, the depths and crawling out of the sump pump. So if it's like a container, then yeah, it's, I guess it would. Uh, you wouldn't have to worry about that. It's like a big bucket. <laughs> wow! See, I have learned so much about sump pumps. Yeah, in the I old days, really in the old days, they it. used to use uh, uh, small garbage cans, is what they used to do, or they would cut the garbage can down inside, and they would dig them down and just kind of line the hole with that, and then uh, put gravel on the bottom and set the pump on a couple bricks just so it wouldn't suck up anything from the bottom. I do remember some bricks being involved too. Mm -hmm. This is like going way back in the recesses of my uh, brain, you know. Oh wow! This is uh, from you know, I haven't been at my the house i grew up in a long time and 
Yeah. You know, it's just a, just a memory, a sump pump memory. Right. Oh, you know, that should be the name of this podcast, Sump Pump Memories. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other tidbits related to sump pumps? No, that's about it. But you, like I said, you can probably check them twice a year or something like that, go down there. And again, you could do it one of a couple of ways, pick up the float, see if it kicks on. And um, if not, you know, if you want to dump a bucket of water in there and see if it comes on, it should pump the water out and then, of course, get to a certain level and shut off. It's kind of like a ball cock in a toilet after you flush it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, you're talking about the float and everything. Kind of Right. Water will go down to a certain level and it'll kick the float and then it'll shut the pump off. And then if you have a battery backup system, you always want to make sure that uh, the battery's charging. You know, there's uh, usually a green light indicating that the battery is being charged. So in case you don't have power, you don't want to find out again. You want to find out when you don't have power that your backup, your battery backup sump pump doesn't work. So, oh, and that's you can, good to know. You can always check there. Another way to check the battery backup is if you unplug, disable your primary sump pump or primary pump, the one that does the pumping all the time. Unplug that, and then, again, you can either, it depending on what kind of setup you have, but if you pour water in there to a certain level, it'll rise up above and get to the level where it turns on the backup sump pump, and if that kicks on, then you know that your battery's working and your sump pump is working. Then don't forget to plug your primary pump back in. Yeah, you mentioned the green light. That reminds me of um, generators. People having a backup generator. Right. Yeah. Always want to make sure that the we get a lot. I get a lot of that. People say, "Oh, I, you know, my battery backup. I'm getting rid of it. I'm getting a water powered one." And most of the time, it's it's you know it's owner error. You know, some of the batteries 12 years old. They never did anything to it, and it's time to change it. Or you know, it wasn't plugged in. It wasn't charging. There's usually there's always it's not magic. There's always an explanation of why something failed. Right. Mm-hmm. You have any other tidbits uh, uh, not related to sump pumps? No, no. It's been uh, kind of a, you know, pretty boring couple of weeks. Just, uh, you know, regular everyday plumbing stuff. Nothing exciting. Rain. Rain. A lot of rain. A lot of sump pump questions. A lot of rain. Uh, well, actually, in uh, April, I think we've had more snow than rain, but I guess eventually it trickles down. Right. It's all the same. It's in all the, the same. <laughs> in the end. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what you tend to see of a lot of the end. Right. That's what I see most of. <laughs> Speaking of the end, I think this is the end this of our This is a good place pod- to end this show. Yeah, it's a good way to end it, that's for sure. That's it. And I just wanted to remind everybody how they can contact you if they have a question or need some work. Right. You can call me at 216-703-7007. Or you can visit me on the web at cd-plumbing.com. What about an email? email that would be cw82267 at yahoo.com yahoo right keep those questions coming (laughs) well happy plumbing everybody happy plumbing (laughs) bye Bye bye-bye